So, let's open up the Word of God, amen? I've got your Bibles with you, just lift your Bibles up, give them a wave. Yeah, yeah. I love my Bible. It, it is the Word of God. It has the power of salvation. It has the power to change my life. Amen. Hey, um, if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to, uh, turn anywhere, but tonight we can turn to, yeah, I love that, because <laughs> it's all good, you can just turn to anywhere, we can just open it up and just preach from anywhere, it's just, every part of it's good, uh, but tonight we're going to look at, uh, let's see, Hebrews chapter 11, oh yeah, we're going to start at Hebrews chapter 11, give me a yes when you got it. No, yes. Tonight I want to talk about obtaining a promise. How many people want to obtain some promises that God has for your life? I, I do. <laughs> I'm really keen on that. Let's just look at uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and uh, verse uh, 30. In verse, in verse 30 it says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days and down... Uh, verse 33 it says who through faith subdued kingdoms everybody says subdued kingdoms that wasn't everybody who, fa- who through faith subdued kingdoms everybody subdued kingdoms who worked righteousness everybody say who worked righteousness obtained promises say that again obtained promises and stop the mouths of lions. Oh, well, let's carry on a little bit further. Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. And out of the, everyone, I want everyone to say this. Out of weakness were made strong. Became valiant in battle. And turned to flight the armies of the aliens. <laughs> aliens. <laughs> Uh, how many people seen an alien? <laughs> I love that. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And uh, how many people today man, know tonight that there are some kingdoms that need subduing? Yeah. Maybe not sure about that. I'll tell you what. There is one kingdom that needs subduing. That is the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. There are some promises that need to be obtained. There's some, there's some, there's some mouths that need to be closed. And uh, right now, God has got you and I in this church right now, just, not just to feel good, not just to sing a few songs and have your back stroked or anything like that. Uh, I mean, all that's good. I mean, I love, I love having it. I mean, we just come back from Indonesia and talking about backs being stroked. If you really want to have your back stroked, come on the mission trip on me, with me to Indonesia. Man, you can get a, uh, man, for, for $4, for $4, man, you could get a, uh, a head... You just lie back in this little tub and somebody just rub your head and scratch, scratch, scratch and rub, 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 rub. <laughs> and then they'll put some cream in your hair and rub them while you're sitting there having the cream getting rubbed in your hair and then they, then they give you a back massage. And this goes on for about an hour and it costs you four bucks. Unbelievable. So if you want your back scratched or back rub, go over there. and They're very good at doing that sort of stuff. <laughs> but tonight I want to talk about obtaining a promise. And the thing is, I believe that, that, that God, God has got a, a, a promise for our lives as an individual, but God also has a promise. He's made a promise to us as a, as a church and as a body of people that, uh, 
that we want to have a look at. And tonight, I know that God has, has, has for, for different ones of you, uh, made promises over your life or, or spoken things over your life. And, uh, and, uh, and over the last couple of weeks, Dad's been talking about disappointment. Tonight, I want to, I want to take it from a place of, of disappointment and put us, uh, uh, take you from disappointment into a place of faith. Because I know that God tonight does not want you to stay in a place of disappointment. I know different people, you've had hands laid upon you, and, and, and that's good. But you've, you've, got be, you've got to actually do more than that. You've actually got to stand up out of disappointment, and, and actually got to lay hold of some things. And so just because God has, has spoken, just because something's been prophesied over your life, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to uh, happen automatically, just like uh, David said, uh, Pastor David said the other week. It is God's intention for your life. You've still got, up and, you've still got to stand up and, and, and lay a hold of it. And it's the same with, like, in our community today, in, in our world today. It's like, yes, the, the, the devil has been defeated. That's, we've read about that. We know that in here because it says that in the Bible. The issue is not whether he's been defeated or not. The issue is, is he being contested? The issue is, actually, is he actually being contested right now? See, the de- See, on the cross, Jesus Christ stripped Satan of all his authority and power. The Bible says that right now, Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, and all power and authority on heaven and earth has been given unto him. So right now, he has given you and I the mandate to go and, and, and to subdue kingdoms, to subdue the kingdom of darkness and to, and to, and, and to enforce his work on the cross. Let's just look in our Bibles to Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. You boys are fine looking boys up there. Why don't you come up here? Aaron, you come up here, right? You got your Bible with you? Uh, some people coming down the street, and I knew that they were going to go to church, so I called us friends in, so we go to church. Yeah? So I've got my Bible. Oh, do you want to use mine? Okay. You can use my sword. Oh, yeah. Man's going to be a good preacher one day. So what we're going to do is we're going to read uh, Exodus chapter 3. See that one there? It's 3. Yep. And we're going to read, you read, I want, don't want you to read it, man. You preach it. Okay. Yeah, you preach it. Verse 7 and 8. Okay. Where you go, cowboy. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are, in the, uh, who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their take master task. task. For I know the sorrows. I, so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up and from the land to a good and large land to a land flying with milk and honey to the peace of the Canaanites. To the place of the Canaanites. Good on you. Oh, yeah. Here we have the story about a... Uh, you all know the story about the Israelites and that they've been under, uh, they've been under the rule of the Egyptian army and uh, they're being taken captive into the, into the land of Egypt. And... Uh, and these are, it talks about here, surely, in verse 7, it says, I have surely seen the oppression of my people. Everybody say, my people. My people. So here we have this, the, the, the nation, the, the nation of Israel, that, that, that was God's people. And, uh, and somewhere along the line, they've been, they've been brought into a place of, of, of captivity and, uh, and under oppression. The Bible says that they were, they, it said they, I've surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. And, um, you know, tonight it's like different people here. We, 
we don't physically live in Egypt, we live in New Zealand. So tonight, I want to talk about not, this, not just a natural thing, but I want to talk about a spiritual thing. Because it has never been God's plan for his people to stay in a place of, of, of oppression. It has never been God's plan for his people to be under taskmasters. And how many people like Zorro? I love Zorro. Man, I was watching Zorro the other night. Man, I just, man, I, feel, man, I wish I could be like you. I'm sure you wish you could be like me too. But I saw the Zorro, and uh, you've, you've all seen Zorro before. Yeah. You, you see that part of the movie there where he's, uh, where, where, where he's, um, he, he's all dressed up and he's gone to the gold mine. And you see all these people there. That, they have this rule, this rich man, and he's, um, he's, uh, he's slogging these guys. And he's trying, he's trying to get selfish gain out of these people. He's got them in ca- captivity. And uh, you can see these guys getting beaten and beaten and beaten. And you can see the hopelessness. And I mean, it's, I know it's only a movie, and I know it's Zorro. But, but if you look into their eyes, you can see that. You can see that. Um, it's not just Zorro. It is Zorro. <laughs> you could see the hopelessness and uh, as, as Zorro, as the new Zorro looked inside to his people that were in captivity. You could see the, you could see the concern that was upon his eyes. You can, as you looked into the, the, the people's eyes that were, getting, that, were being, uh, that were in slavery, that were in captivity, it was like they're in a place of, uh, you could see the hopelessness, you could see the despair that's upon their lives. And so here we have, these are, they were his people, Zorro's people, in captivity. Working and slaving for this guy, getting beaten for this guy, so that he could have selfish gain. And of course, you could see Zorro. He's going to come and get you, man. <laughs> Next thing, he comes on his white horse and a black horse, and and, and saves the day. But tonight, so we're talking about God's people, and God saw His people, His promised people, uh, in, in the land of Egypt. Now, the word Egypt means a place of confinement. It means a place of limitation. And so, uh, it was God's plan that He would take them out of Egypt take them out of a place of slavery, take them out of a place of oppression and into a place of, a, into a great big place. And uh, like I said, the word Egypt means mortsor, means a, piece, uh, a place of confinement, a place of limitation. Now tonight it's like, uh, like I said, we don't necessarily live in Egypt in the natural, but for many people today, uh, so every person today belongs to God. Every person, God has created every human being to have a relationship with him. Some have a relationship, some, some have accepted him as, uh, as accepted Jesus and are in that relationship, but other people haven't. It's, it's always been the plan of God. See, ever since sin entered the world, ever since man fell, sin entered into the world. And at that moment, the devil started to, at, at that moment, death entered into the world. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And so ever since sin entered into the world, what's happened is, is people have been separated from God. Now, if you're separated from God, you're not in a place of nowhere. You're either in one kingdom or in the other kingdom. You're either in the kingdom of God or you're in the kingdom of darkness. There's no in-between ground. And so here, these God's people, they were in a place of, of, of oppression. And, uh, and just like, uh, just like uh, how the Israelites were in Egypt back then, so many people today, when you have not accepted Jesus Christ into your life, it is as though you are living in Egypt. So it has been the plan that, that, that God would take his people out of Egypt and into a place of promise, into a place of destiny, into a great and large place. And it's, it's the same for different people here tonight. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ. If you are in that place, if you have never received Jesus Christ, you are living under slavery. Under, we are, the Bible says we are all born this, uh, to slaves of sin. 
So before we know Christ, we are, we, we are subject to taskmasters and, 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 and oppressive spirits that come upon our life. But it is God's plan that you and I be redeemed, come out of a place of limitation, come out of a place of confinement, and come up to a great and large place. That is God's plan for your life. And if you look at... Um, uh, it, it talks that my people, I have surely seen the oppression of my people. Friend, I tell you today, people were never ever made to be oppressed. You and I were never designed to carry oppression. You and I were never designed to live up under taskmasters. So the Bible says right, right back at the beginning in Genesis that, that God created man in his own image. Created him to rule and reign. Created him to, to subdue the earth. The Bible says that Adam and Eve were naked and they felt no shame. Friend, we were never ever meant to, 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 to carry that. It's only where man fell that sin entered in the world. That's where things like sickness came. That's where poverty came. That's where oppression came. You were never designed to carry it. And the problem is when we do start to carry it, it's like being beaten down with a... a to be oppressed means to be pushed down. And so when we, uh, when we don't know Christ, we are open up to, to, to taskmasters. And it says, uh, I've heard my cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sorrows. And uh, this is the, one of the reasons Jesus came down to earth in, in Luke chapter 4. says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. And it goes on to say, and to, and, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Friend, you don't have to look very far to see today. You, don't have to, you just have to look into the eyes of people. You just have to, even for some of you here tonight, you can look into your eyes and see that and then there's, there's something that's got a hold of your life. Something that's holding you down. I can, I, I can look into the people's eyes and you can, you, as you walk down the street and in different places, you can see how people everywhere are oppressed by the devil. You can see everywhere in society today that... that that people are under taskmasters. Taskmasters like poverty. Taskmasters like depression. Taskmasters like rejection. Taskmasters like fear. Beating down upon people. There's, and there's no way they can escape. Maybe you're here tonight and, and maybe you're getting pushed down. Maybe there's something that's got a hold of your life and it is holding you down. Maybe there's, you've got taskmasters around you and Stuff like poverty, maybe it's fear, and, and it just, uh, it's just beating down on you all the time, and you cannot find a way out. Have you ever had a look you, as you walk down the streets and you looked into people's eyes? You know, there's so many people, they, they, they look fancy, they look got all the nice clothes on, but inside, if you look into their eyes, there's something that is not right around them. And they were never, ever supposed to be, you were never, ever supposed to carry that fear. You, people were never supposed to carry shame. I wonder how many people here tonight, and maybe in our community, you know, young boys, young girls, families have, have had things happen to them through sin. And stuff has got around their lives, a taskmaster of shame, taskmaster of rejection. So many young women, even young guys today, you know, the, uh, the, the whole thing of self-hatred, the, the whole image thing. And it's like they have, that, they have this invisible, tail, like a, sometimes an invisible, sometimes they actually see it like a taskmaster. Man, you've got to be skinny. You've got to get rid of that food. Man, you've got to get that stuff out. Man, look at you. Everyone's going to hate you. You're not too fat. So you try and spew out. And, you know, 
It's like a taskmaster. Something gets a hold of young people today. Same thing with suicide. Man, it's not worth living. You might as well take your life. Young people, older people, everywhere getting beaten down. And friends, God has never designed that to happen. See, God is looking down upon this place. God is looking upon your life tonight. God is looking upon our community. And his heart is filled with sorrow because he looks at people here tonight. He looks at our community. He looks at our nation. And he says, these people here, these are the ones that I died for. These are the people that I created to have a relationship with. And look at them. Because of sin, they're, they're, they're under oppression. They're under taskmasters. So he finds a man, Moses, to set him free. So for this reason, he says in verse 8, I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up from that land to a good and large land. Friend, that is the reason why Jesus Christ came to the earth. The Bible says the reason the Son of Man was made manifest, that he would destroy the works of the devil. In other words, that is why he has filled you with his Holy Spirit, that you would be a channel of his life where there's oppression, that you would carry his presence, that you would lift oppression, that you would bring hope into places where there's no hope, where people are bound up in poverty, that you would give keys, that you would bring freedom, where people are bound up with sickness, that you would bring the the Spirit of God into their lives to bring healing to them. That is why you've been saved, that you would carry his presence, that you would carry his power. That is why he puts his Holy Spirit inside of you. And here we are tonight, we have a, a great meeting, we've got the Holy Spirit and giving us goosebumps. But friend, there are people there tonight, they are really there tonight, that they are desperately needing a saviour. Desperately needing somebody to carry the life of God to them. So he's looking down upon this place here tonight, he's looking down upon our city and saying, oh, I want to set these people free. So I have come down, I've sent my son. In, in, in this case here, he says, I've come down to deliver them. Like I said, this is the reason Jesus came. To bring them up. Everybody say, bring them up. He wants to bring you up tonight. He wants to bring you up out of a place of disappointment. He wants to bring you up out of a place of fear. He wants to bring you up out of a place of rejection. He wants to bring you out of a place of insignificance. He wants to put you up and seat you in high places and have you rule and reign with Christ. He wants to lift our city up tonight. Friend, I tell you, God has put a burning passion inside of my heart. And we have a great church for here. It's like, but when you look at the stats of Hawke's Bay, it's like, you know, we have one of the highest suicide rates in the, uh, in the world, in Hastings, Hawke's Bay. Our income rate is amongst the lowest in New Zealand. Man, I get this cry in my, my heart saying, this is the reason that you are here today. This is the reason that I'm a youth pastor today. Not just to come and play games and have fun just out the back. Not just to jump and shout, but, 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 to, but to change society, to, 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 to change that record. So instead of having the highest suicide rate, it's the lowest suicide rate. Instead of having it's the lowest level of income in, Hawks, but in New Zealand, it is on the top. That is why I exist, to bring, to, to bring uh, freedom into the places that there are oppression. And so I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up into a, la- into a land, good and large land. And so as you see, uh, as, you, as you know the story, that, that, that Moses went and, he, and there were all these miracles that happened. And uh, eventually uh, Pharaoh bucked and kicked a little bit, but eventually he let them go. And uh, so off they went on their merry way. And um, can you imagine, after years of living in slavery, after years of living in bondage, that one day... 
all of a sudden you had your freedom. That God had given you a promise that you would have a large land, that God was going to take you from a place of oppression, from a place of, of, of being beaten down into your own land, having your own country, large land filled with milk and honey. That was the promise of God to them. So you imagine the excitement that they had as they started to leave. Imagine you being in that, that crowd of people that, were, that was leaving that place. And there was different young men in there thinking, man, I know when I'm going to get to that land. I know that God's got these plans and purposes for my life. And man, I, I, man, we're free. We are free. Free from oppression. So, and then so God leads them up and they go through the desert. And one day they come to the promised land. And it's, if you look in Numbers chapter 13, they come to the promised land. They weren't in the desert for that long, but they come to the place where, where God had called them to come to. The, they, they come to the place where God had, had called them to inherit and to, and to take over. And so they started to send spies into the land. So the whole bunch of 12 spies went out into the land and, and, and they had a look. The Lord say in, in 13 verse 1, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man. Everyone a leader amongst them. And so they got the, uh, got the 12 tribes. And they, one of these guys is Joshua, and the other one's Caleb, and a few other guys there. So they go into the land. And they start to see the, the amazing beauty of this land. See, all these spies saw the same thing. But they saw different things. They all had the same eyes. They all... Saw, but they had different perspectives. Can you imagine the excitement that was in Joshua and Caleb's heart? The rest of these spies, as they go up to this, into this land, but all of a sudden they start to see, oh, this promised land. It's a little bit different than what we expected. There's some pretty big jokers here. They start to see some of the cities. They come up to the walls of Jericho. Imagine being Joshua. Imagine yourself. This is your land. This is the promise that God had for your life. And there are these giants. There are these big cities. Can you imagine going up to Jericho itself and having a look at this big thing? Going up and giving a knock on the old concrete wall there. Oh, well, that's solid. <laughs> and here was the land that God had promised these guys. And when they started to say, the spies started to come back. And then, they, and then that, it talks about here in, in verse 27, it says, We went to the land that you sent us. And you're right, it, it truly does flow with milk and honey. It's an awesome land. I saw the fruit, man, this is, the grass is awesome. There's, there's just, it's just an amazing land. He said, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. They are very strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. And we also saw the descendants of Anak there. Anak was, um, uh, in other words, they saw giants there. And, uh, and the Amalekites dwell there and all these bad people there. And Caleb quieted the people before, the, before Moses and said, Let us go up at once. Let us take possession. For we are, what's the next word? Well able. Everybody say, well able. Well, and again, well able. We are well able to come up it. Come, overcome it. But the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against it, for they are stronger than we. 
And then they gave the children of Israel a bad report, and then everyone got all depressed and disappointed and, and uh, put their tail between their legs and ran away and said, well, it was me. As though we were grasshoppers there in their own sight. And so all their congregation and they lifted up their voice and cried, and they were all depressed, and they cried all night. And they said, oh, this is sad. Disappointment started to settle in. Here are these people that God had promised that he would take them out of slavery and now they've come to the promised land and, oh, ooh, it's a little bit different than what I expected. <laughs> I thought we were just going to walk straight on in. I thought God was going to go before us and knock them all out of the way and supernaturally just bring them all down and we'll just walk in and just move straight on into the houses. You know, sometimes I think people talk, think the same way about how revival will come to our nation. That, that God would supernaturally just come and just, everyone in the streets would just fall over and all of a sudden he, uh, say sorry. And that would be great. But friends, I believe that God wants you and I to be carriers of revival. I don't think it's going to happen just, I mean, it would be great if, it would be great if everyone just fell down and all of it. But I believe that God has put a spirit inside of you that you and I would overcome and you and I would carry revival, that you and I, that you and I would bring down the kingdoms, that you and I would shut the mouths of lions, that you and I would subdue the promises. Because we're not just talking about, uh, uh, so you're not just a, a a natural being, there is a, see, God has got an eternity for you. God has got things that lie ahead for you in eternity. And so if you cannot overcome now, you're not automatically just going to become a, a ruler and a reigner with Christ. It just, that doesn't happen automatically. You've actually got to overcome. And so here these people, they were, they were upset because they thought revival was going to come and everyone was going to get saved and it was going to be a piece of cake and no work was involved. But No. They get to this place and they went to speak to somebody who was unsaved and they were, they were mean. They were very nice. They told me to go away. Oh, that wasn't very Christian, right? We thought that revival was going to come and that, uh, uh, that, that New Zealand was all, all of a sudden just going to fall down on its face and repent. And here we have, we have this atheist government and God, you, you, you do something, you do something over, you say, no, I've put my spirit on you. You stand up, you carry revival. You do it. So many times we think it's going to be done the easy way. And so disappointment started to settle in because what they thought, how they thought it was going to work out was different from how it actually looked. And so... Joshua looks at him, he says, man, we are well able. He's full of excitement. He gets into this place and says, wow, we have got an atheist government. Now we've got, we've got the schools that are shut up and, and then they don't like religious education and, and, and the government's against the church. It's great time for revival. Others say, we've got an atheist government. Schools are closed. Let's go to Australia. You see the difference between the two? There's nothing here for me in Hawke's Bay. There's just works closing down. And 
man, you look at the streets and uh, it's just bland. There's no life around this place. I might just go to Australia. There's nothing here for me. You, you, you see the difference between the two. Joshua would look at Hawke's Bay, look at Hastings and say, man, there's nothing here. It's fantastic. It's set up for me. Man, we can get into this place. We can absolutely transform Hawke's Bay. Whereas some of the people look, oh, we've got the lowest sink. There's no business here for me. There's, no, there's nothing here. Oh, my goodness. Look at this place. What an opportunity to build a powerful business. What an opportunity to bring something into Hawke's Bay. Two ways of looking at it. And of course, all the rest of the people started to go, oh, no, no, it can't happen, they're too big, and this is too sick, and this and that, and the other thing, it's his fault and their fault, that church, I've got that and this. Uh, we can't do it. I, I, I tried inviting somebody to church, but no, they just wouldn't do it. Don't like me. Don't even, you know, go away. Well, that's disappointing. And so they, with their disappointment, with their unbelief, they started to filter out for the rest of the people. But by bit, everyone else started, oh, this is upsetting, this is sad. And so Joshua, here's this man who, 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 who was living in the time of slavery, who had experienced slavery, but also experienced the peace of the promised land, had experienced the, the mighty delivering power of God. People here, you've seen people get saved. You've seen people get delivered. This morning you hear the person, the, the testimony of somebody who got raised from the dead. You've seen it all. You've heard it. What more do you want? Another rabbit to come out of the bag? So here's Joshua, he gets all up, he's, he's disappointed because the, 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 the dream and the promise that he had inside of his heart seemed to be just walking away. I'll tell you what, he, said. he wouldn't have just said goodbye. I'll tell you, this is where Arnold Schwarzenegger got his thing. I'll be back. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He would have slapped that, I, I, I can tell you, man, if I was Joshua, I would have gone up to that city wall and just slapped that thing. You are you are mine, baby. You are mine. Young people, go to your school. Walk around your school. You are mine. Stand in the politics. You are mine. Start to speak over the CBD. Start to speak over businesses. Start to speak the blessing and favor of God over our community. So Joshua says, I'm, gonna, I'm coming back, bad boy. I am coming back. You just wait. And he waited, and he waited, and he waited. Eventually Moses died. And uh, in Joshua chapter 1, it says, After the death of Moses, it came to pass that the Lord said to Joshua, and he said, Moses, my servant is dead. It's over. What happened back then was back then. He's dead. Verse 2, it says, Now, everybody say now. Now, therefore, arise. Now, arise. Not next week, not next year, not, not the kids' church, not the kids of the kids' church, or the kids, of, the kids of the kids' church. Now. Now. 
Now arise. We started well, one of the first songs we were singing this morning. Arise, church, arise. Blah, 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 blah. Rise, rise. Arise. Now arise. Now arise out of disappointment. You've had somebody lay hands on you. Get free of the stuff. Get out of disappointment. What's happened in the past has happened. It's over. Now it was a new day. Now it was a new day. Now arise. Now stand up. Now arise. Go over the Jordan and all this people for this land I, will give, I am giving you. So, so here we are, Joshua gets up. And in verse 6, chapter 6, verse 1, just coming to a close. So Joshua gets back after 40 years of wandering around. 40 years of carrying this promise in his heart, the promise of a, of a, of a new land, the promise that there was a dream that he carried in his heart for 40 years. For some of you, you've, you've, had, you've had promises from God over your life. For some of you, you've had have words of prophetic words spoken over your life or, or dreams that you've carried in your heart. For some of you, it may be longer than 40 years, but for some of you, it's probably more likely five. <laughs> Here, Joshua carried this dream in his heart for 40 years. And they crossed the river. And in, verse, in chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went in and none went out. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand and its king and all the mighty men of Allah. So here you go. Joshua stood up and said, Ah, it's my turn now. I've come back to get you. <laughs> it's my turn now to obtain the promise. It is my turn now. So he comes before Jericho. And last time we looked at Jericho, the gates were all open. People were walking in and out. People were walking. Everything was happening. But now, this time he comes up to Jericho. Everything is shut up. Got these massive walls. The Bible, if you do a bit of research, they have actually a chariot races around the top of the walls. So here we've got these massive big monster of these walls. Everything's closed up. Guys standing up, up on top with spears and swords and carry on and bow and arrows. The thing, he looks at this thing and, and the Lord says to him, See, I've given this into your hand. Friend, I tell you, if it was me, I probably would have replied, No, you haven't. <laughs> you have not given this me into my hand. And it's like, it's, it's like, now it's my turn. Now it's our turn to bring revival. Now it's our turn to bring people out of oppression. And it's like you can look upon the nation of New Zealand and think, uh, see, uh, you, you, I, you, I mean, you look at the, the nation, and we, like you've got a secular government, the prime minister is trying to close down churches and against Christian education and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, see, I've given New Zealand into your hand. You're, no, you haven't. Make her a Christian, Lord. <laughs> Force her into it. Do something with her. But this is a real thing that people... We'll see it in two different views. Some will look at it and say, uh, no, you haven't. But the Lord would say, I have given it into your hand. Tonight, he has given your school into your hand. Tonight, he is giving our city into our hand. Today, he's giving our region into our hand today. Today, he's giving our nation into our hand. Whether you see it or whether you don't, he is. I'll tell you what, but I'll be one that'll lay hold of that promise. Tonight, I'm going to be the one that sees the suicide rate come down. I'm going to be the one that sees 
the level of income go up. I'm going to see the blessing of God come into our region upon our young people. I'm going to see it. Whether you will or not, that's a different story. I encourage you. So Jericho was securely to set up. He said to Joshua, see, I've given Jericho into your hand. You march, march around the city. Friend, there was some thing, and as the story goes on, and they marched around the city and they had a great victory, and they, they, they overcame. But how did he get that victory just quickly? In uh, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 13. And it came to pass when, so I believe the key for his victory was just in these verses beforehand. In verse 13 it says, Now it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. So he'd come back to the place where he'd last been disappointed. He came back to the place where he was told that it wasn't going to happen. There he saw this thing. He said, I told you I'd be back. <laughs> I'm back. Daddy's back to bring you down. Joshua was by Jericho. And next thing he says, he lifted up his eyes and looked. Friends, one of the things we need to do is we need to lift up our eyes. When you are down at that level, when you're looking at that level, you can only see so far. So God wants you to come up into his presence and when you start to see things from how God sees things, the Bible says he lifted up his eyes. The problem with so many people today, so many in, in our society today, they're so small-minded. The eyes are always hanging. I mean, you look at people, they walk, walk down the street with their eyes down. But they don't think big. They don't think, you know, how could we change this place? The first thing we've got to, people are so small-minded. One th- first thing we've got to admit, we've got to lift up our eyes and start to see from how God sees. You've got to see your school how God sees your school. You've got to start to see our city how God sees our city. We've got to start to see our region how God sees our region. We've got to start to see our nation how God sees our nation. We've got to see the economy how God sees our economy. People may say, man, that's down and my business is down. Well, God would say, there's an opportunity for you to make a difference and actually turn stuff around. You've got to lift up your eyes and start to see how God sees. Next thing you know, he, was, he saw, and behold, a man stood opposite with a sword. And as Joshua went to, went to him and said, are you for us or against us? He said, nope, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped. Another one is passionate worship. Friend, we are passionately engaged. I mean, I'm not just talking about I worship you. It's, it's, it's more than that. That, that ain't passionate worship. That's this silliness. <laughs> you know, before it's like, man, that's why I say, come on, let's praise him, man. Let's everything with him, man. Let's just let's praise him. Let's worship him with everything we've got. Because it's an expression of, of of passion and absolute desire. One thing about Joshua, man, he was passionately in love with God. He was not afraid to express passion. He worshipped him fell on his face and he said take off your sandals for the place you're standing is holy ground and then he t- instructed him what to do and so Joshua was obedient so first of all he lifted up his eyes his passion and worship he was obedient and he stepped out in faith and uh, last one I believe also which is most important is, um, uh, is that of holiness and uh, Verse 3, verse 5, chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders amongst you. Now, if you haven't heard, I've been at church recently, but you haven't heard the message, the message is, man, get your lives right with God. Get holy. 
Get the stuff out of your life. Young people, get the stuff out of your life. Don't even, the Bible says, don't even imitate sin. Don't even, don't even, don't, just don't even go there. Walk holy. Walk holy. Be free of, I mean, walk holy with relationships. Walk holy with your lifestyle. Be holy. Live your life an open book before God. Walk in obedience. Walk in those things. And I'm, I mean, I'm just basically winding up what's been preached the last few weeks. You build these things into your life, you'll see the supernatural. Friend, the Bible says that they, they yelled and the walls came down. Friend, it wasn't the yell that brought the walls down. It was stepping out in faith and it was stepping out in obedience. It was accumulation of all those things. And God responded with the supernatural. So you want to change your city. I, every, yeah, we all want to change our city, but no one wants to be, when it comes down to holiness, oh, I like that, but it's getting clean on the inside. It's sorting up our attitudes inside. Sorting up our, our, our lifestyle, cleaning all that up, being obedient. Young people, you want to be moved... You want to move in power. You want to see your school transformed. One of the things you can do, first of all, is be obedient to your parents. Honor your mother. Just simple things like that, but so often we overlook it. And you start to step out in faith. Amen? We will see our region changed. Amen?